Hello everyone and welcome to DCOM Central, where two childhood best friends review, reflect, and poke fun at the Disney Channel original movies that they grew up with. And maybe more recent ones, but who knows how far we'll go. Kelly, the holiday season just keeps on going, does it not? Yeah, it's very long. Far too long in my <laughs> opinion. But happy holidays, Michael and everyone else listening. Happy holidays. Yeah, it definitely does seem to go on for quite some time when they start playing uh, Christmas music the day after Thanksgiving. Or before, which just too much. What are we watching today? We're watching Ultimate Christmas Present, which came out December 1st in uh, the year 2000. Now, as mentioned last week, I don't like Christmas movies, but I I thought this one was pretty decent when I was a kid. I do remember watching it. And Michael, I know you and your family watched this recently before we scheduled to review it, so I suppose you like it too. Yeah, I mean, it. it I I like my homegirl Brenda's song. She's in this one. I of course, really enjoy of the course. portrayal of Santa Claus, uh, in this one. Um, and and I also like the 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 elves. The elves made me laugh a lot. So there's a lot to enjoy here. Yeah, this Santa Claus was far superior from last week's Santa Claus. In my opinion. Last week's Santa Claus felt like they were trying to go all traditional. This week's Santa Claus, he's like the new age Santa Claus. You know, he's the hip Santa, <laughs> the cool Santa. Yeah. So you got a little a little summary for us here, Kelly? Yes. Without further ado, my summary. 13-year-old Sam wants to get out of doing her homework so badly that she steals a random device from a stranger and starts a climate crisis right before Christmas. Everyone seems to be so excited and not at all concerned to have a white Christmas in sunny Los Angeles, California. Everyone except disgraced weatherman Edwin Hadley, who tries to have a bigger role in this movie than you would expect. With the help of two very tall elves and a wide fellow in a red suit, will this decom's main character on the naughty list find her way to the other list? To be continued by Michael. Ooh. You set me up quite well there, Kelly. I mean, before we get into the nitty-gritty and all that good stuff, why don't you give us some of those uh, those fun facts? Yes, I will continue on my, my spiel. Fun fact number one. This is the 24th DCOM. Fun fact number two. We are not in Ontario. This time we're in North Vancouver, Canada. Oh my god. Get out of Canada. No, it's better there. I mean, it, it wouldn't be strange if it snowed there, so I guess that helps. Do you think they, they used, like, a real winter season to film the snowy scenes, or, or what? That would make the most sense and save the most money. Mm. Some scenes have quite a bit of snow. You gotta feel bad for those people. Yes. This is also Brenda Song's first decom ever. Yeah, she definitely looked very young. Oh, she was a baby. <laughs> yeah. Sparky the Elf is played by an actor named Bill Faberback who is the voice of Patrick Starr, but that's Nickelodeon, so that's not important to me. <laughs> what you need to know is he had a small role in Under Wraps as the main mom's boyfriend. Yeah, he definitely looked familiar, but I, I remember, I do now remember seeing him sometimes on like the Nickelodeon behind the scenes commercials. Yes, yes. Also, the mom in this movie is played by Haley Todd, who's the mom from Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, I never watched Lizzie McGuire, but I recognize that. It's like somehow I knew the cast. <laughs> Well, I mean, tons of commercials for that for that show and movie. That's true. And finally, the news lady who reads out the school closures in this movie is the adopted mother of the Twitches. Wow. I didn't even, I, I did not recognize that. 
Good find, Kelly. Good find. I figured it out. Yeah, there's probably some things I missed, but those are the ones that stood out to me. (laughs) Very good. I enjoyed those, Kelly. As always. Thank you. You ready for me to get on in here with the ultimate Christmas present? Please continue. Ooh, baby. It's a tropical Hollywood Christmas. It's still three days out, and the Los Angeles suburbs are as vibrant as ever. Children play in the streets, houses, and even cars are decorated as a convertible drives by decked out with lights and and it's overflowing with people. Good morning, Los Angeles. Ask Santa for some sunscreen because it's going to be a hot and sunny Christmas indeed. There are many scientific reasons for this blazing holiday and the weatherman would love to tell us all about them, but who cares about that? Allison Thompson sure doesn't. She gets a phone call from Sam and lets her know that they have been invited to Blake's Christmas party. That's a lot of names, Kelly, and uh, I'd like our audience to take their bets now to see if I'll remember all of them all the way through this movie. (laughs) I just thought it was so nice to see little Brenda Song dressed normally and not super flashy rich. Yeah, I I gotta say, hot take, I'll I'll put it in here right now. I liked her character in this movie more than I liked her in uh, um, Get a Clue. Oh, 100%. Uh, Speaking of Brenda, her character Sam, she rushes over to get the deets on this uh, sure-to-be-crazy Christmas party. Also, an interesting thing about this Christmas party that's being thrown by this kid, Blake, it's on Christmas. Who throws a party on Christmas? Like, that's when everyone's with their family. I mean, and, and of course, for some reason, Allison and Sam are going because this is their chance to leave their geeky, semi outer light. Oh semi-outsider life behind uh, to become cool insiders, but I think that's strange, Kelly. Have you ever been invited to, like, a, a Christmas party on Christmas Day? Uh, yeah, but it was, like, a neighborhood thing. It was, like, Christmas Day night. Everyone would bring, like, some dessert, and it would be, like, a potluck. We did that for a few years when I was young. Yeah, I get, like, a neighborhood thing, but, like, friends inviting people, I, that that seems strange to me. I don't know. I feel like it's time for tradition, but who knows? Who am I to judge? I do the whole Hanukkah thing. I would have been happy to get out of the house. <laughs> so True, true. It is now we learn that Allison's dad is an internet dog bone salesman. And man, the early days of the internet were really something, weren't they? Internet dog <laughs> bone sales. Weird. I, 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 have, I find it hard to believe that was a lucrative uh, business. Yeah, they were just being weird. Yeah. Anyway, Mom has her own plans for Christmas. Uh, it seems to be a really busy day with the party, and the little bro has a freaking basketball tournament that day. Like, again, who schedules these things? Who schedules organized children's sports on Christmas Day, Kelly? It was baffling to me. <laughs> like, again, the schools are closed. I don't know. Uh, anyway. All right. So dad's off on his dong bone selling business trip, and before he goes, the kids let him know all about their Christmas wishes, making him wonder if they really know what Christmas is all about. Also, why are these kids asking for gifts right before Christmas? Yeah, I mean, right? They You're didn't not have, li- leaving they didn't enough have, time. They didn't have Amazon back then. How are the gifts going to get there in time? Yeah. Not even Santa can do that much heavy lifting, Kelly. Come on, give give them some slack here. Yeah. Alright, so we're in class now, and Allie is dreaming about Blake, of course. The teacher catches her off guard and starts questioning her about her creative writing assignment, which of course she knew about, and it's clear that she didn't work on it at all, uh, so she makes up some excuses on the spot. 
literally saved by the bell, class is dismissed before she has to go too far into her plot for the improvised A Tale of Two Pickles story. Hmm. She's got to come up with a plan to get out of doing this paper. 72 hours until Blake's party, and they still have a ton of things to do. So Allie and Sam decide it's a good idea to take a shortcut through the woods, where they stumble upon quite the log cabin. Of course, when lost in the woods and stumbling across a log cabin, what else can you do but trespass, Kelly? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were adventurous kids, but we, we if we came across something like that, I don't think we'd go up to the window to peek in. I would not. Yeah. Sam's got the right idea, though. They gotta get out of here because they see a strange old man futzing about in the workshop. As Allie goes up to the door to ding-dong ditch, he throws his creation that he was working on out the door in a fit of rage. Allie picks it up straight out of the trash, and her and Sam make off with it. When the old man realizes it's gone, he does the thousand-yard thing and whispers, Oh no. I guess one man's trash is another kid's class project or something. One man's trash is another kid's uh, environmental terrorism act. Yeah. Back at home, mom and her assistant, or whatever, whoever he is, are they're prepping for what I assume is her catering business. I don't know if they ever like outlined that she was a catering business, but she's definitely preparing a ton of food for people. I think it was mentioned she was a caterer, yeah. It seems like a lot of uh, catering to do with just a two two-person business here, Kelly. She, it's just her and the assistant. Yeah, I didn't see how that was possible. And they work out of her home kitchen, which is, like, just a home kitchen. There's no industrial size anything there. Yeah, things didn't make sense. You know, it happens. It happens. I guess so. I mean, apparently business is booming, and this is her busiest time of the year. She's definitely a bit preoccupied with her work, though. We can tell. Mm -hmm. Not exactly the most attentive to the children, and neither is Dad, obviously, because he's off to, you know, do some uh, internet dog bone sales. In person, I guess? I don't know. Allie and Sam walk in to make a quick run upstairs to Allie's room and check out her new find. Allie pushes a button and the machine whirs to a start. It creates a storm cloud in the middle of the room and it starts pouring. They keep messing with the buttons and they find that they can control the cloud and the severity of the weather and everything. Little brother almost busts in there and he thinks she's wrapping his present. A football or a poster of the Laker girls. Ugh. Allie better hide it good because you know he'll find it. He always does. And he looked like quite the mischievous little scamp there, didn't he, Kelly? That he did. Do you recognize this kid? Did you, did you see any of his other early work? Yeah, he was the Dr. Seuss kid. Yeah, from the cat in the hat. I was like, oh my god, look at him. Look at him go. Getting an early start. <laughs> yeah. I loved that movie growing up. Not a decom, but a solid wreck from me, folks. <laughs> the girls keep messing with the machine now that the little brother's gone. It causes a tornado and even an earthquake. And it, they get a little <laughs> funny scene downstairs when, when uh, the assistant like cowers under the table and starts shouting demands like, get canned goods, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. That made me laugh. And he says something about the big one. You know, you always hear Californians talking about the big one. Yeah. I'm so glad we don't have earthquakes yet. Yeah, earthquakes scare me. Uh, not not my favorite thing. Mm -mm. Finally, Allie finds the snow dial, and it begins to snow. Sam is worried that this machine could be used for destruction, but Allie thinks that this machine is her ticket to getting out of writing her paper by causing a snow day. Or a climate crisis. Yeah, right? I mean, 
this was for the poor wildlife out there. First of all, they are not ready for this snow. No. Allie justifies her decision by calling it community service, and in a mad scientist sort of way, she's <laughs> brilliant for saying so. Ugh. Mom comes in and sees the bedroom is in complete shambles. She makes them clean it up and almost discovers a device, but the girls stop her just in time. Allie places it on her windowsill, and it gets started. So, I mean, you know, I guess the windowsill's a good enough place to put it, uh, but... I mean, how did mom not just, like, notice it was sitting there on the table? I know they covered it, but, like, that's a strange shape hiding under the clothes there, Kelly. Yeah, I also thought it was weird that they were hiding the device from the mom. Like, it's not like she was going to know what it was. They could have literally just said the wrapping a present. That's very true. But, like, you know, kids, they get that guilty conscience, you know? They're like, she she stole that thing, and, and now she's using it for nefarious deeds. Yeah. We now travel to the North Pole, where Mrs. Claus is searching for Santa. The elves enter and pitch their idea for Santa's 21st century toy factory and warehouse. An idea that would retrain elves to be telemarketers, really ushering in a new age of Christmas tradition. Mrs. Claus takes this idea and pulls no punches, saying that she thinks it is the worst idea she's ever heard. Just then, Old Man in the Woods, aka Santa Claus, calls to tell her that the weather machine is missing. She can't believe it, but he searched everywhere, even in his pockets, and it's nowhere to be seen. Doesn't even fit in his pockets. Yeah, I thought it was really funny that he looked there, though. Also, Disney thinks they're really funny, getting a 6'11 NBA player and a 6'6 tall guy to play elves. I loved every time they come back to their size which we're going to comment on, I think, a couple of times here. I, I, it got funnier to me every time. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Perhaps it was just to me. <laughs> so Mr. Claus and Mrs. Claus share a phone kiss, and they hang up. The elves in the office, whose names I might mention are Crumpet and Sparky, uh, want to go to Santa's aid. And since Sparky's afraid of reindeer, they're going to take the SUV. The Santa Utility Vehicle, the world's first rocket-powered toy delivery system. Also, why is Santa in California three days before Christmas? That that's just foolish. Good question, Kelly. <laughs> you wanna you wanna call him up, give him some business ideas? Uh, not business ideas, just time management ideas. <laughs> well, we learned in the last movie he can like freeze people in in place. Um. My gripe here is that why does like every, not even new age, just like 2000s Christmas movie have to have a super high tech sleigh with all these bits and bobs and electronics and computers and stuff? Like it, it it's every single one of them. What happened to the days of good old reindeer? I just, they just try to fit with the times, I guess. There's so many Christmas movies that Disney Channel just wanted to be a little different. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, when you're doing the whole uh, rocket-powered uh, sleigh thing, it's not really different anymore. Oh, wait, Michael. Also, probably budget reasons. Like, it's really easy to just fake a electronic sleigh or have this car as a sleigh as opposed to, like, CGIing seven or nine or however many reindeer they're supposed to be. Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely sure of that. I just it, think of something else other than a rocket-powered sleigh. Come on. <laughs> Back at home, Dad calls and asks about the room destruction that happened earlier, telling Allie that she's 13 years old. 
which is too old to be acting up like that. I don't know about you, Kelly, but I agree. I mean, she's 13. It means she's practically an adult now. The adults don't act like that. <laughs> no, definitely not. Better start acting her age, am I right? Yeah. Once again, Kelly, the 13-year-old trope has returned. We thought we got away with it last time, but no, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> anyway, Dad pulls the old Santa card and tells her she wouldn't want him to find out, would she? Just then, Mom goes into the window. Uh, not into the window. <laughs> Mom goes to the window and sees it's snowing. You wouldn't believe it. Did you ever think you'd see a white Christmas in L.A.? The streets are once again full of people rejoicing at this Christmas miracle. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's not a miracle. It's a disaster. If it started snowing in South Florida, like actually snowing, I'd be so concerned. And no one is. I'd have a brief moment of joy, and then the horror would sink in. <laughs> Some sort of nuclear winter starting in, in my in, in my own eyes, right? Yeah, especially if, like, one day it's just, like, nice sunny 70 degrees, and the next day, or hours later, actually. It's literally just a blanket of snow. Yeah, suddenly it's, like, 10 degrees. Like, that's terrifying to me yeah i mean yes i hate the cold but all just like on a global warming standpoint that's terrifying to me yeah you definitely think some other people would be concerned about this no no it's a kids movie they have to be happy yay snow exactly up in the sky way above those snow clouds sparky and crumpet are well on their way well they would be if the compass weren't facing east oh wait that, that, that's not a compass that's a fuel gauge and they're out of gas this is a joke on par with Patrick's East uh, Weast joke, if you ask me, Kelly, and it, it's fitting for the same character to ha or the same voice actor to say it. Of course, and he has like the same basically IQ as Patrick Star. So yeah, uh, IQ on par. Yes, you are correct. Uh, breaking news on the newscast tonight, though, Kelly. There's snow outside. Uh, Mr. Weatherman, whose name at this point in writing my script I did not know yet, is disregarding it because it's clearly impossible. No matter how many times he throws the paper away, his co-workers won't let him ignore it. He's adamant that there is no snow, there won't be snow, and he's refusing to hear it. That is, until he's smacked in the head with a snowball. Mm. Later on in his lab, which I'm sure all meteorologists have in the news station, Kelly, uh, he does some tests on the snow to find out where the snow came from. His research is interrupted because Mr. Martino wants to see him right away. And he's he's clearly scared of Mr. Martino because he's, he's like, I, I'm busy. And then, then they say it's Mr. Martino and he goes, oh, I guess I'm going. Mr. Martino seems to actually hate this dude. Like, he was, he was not liked before. He was a boring newscaster, but Mr. Martino genuinely seems to hate him. He makes fun of the way he looks and the way he acts. He calls him dull, boring, tedious, a plethora of other really mean things. He screams that there's snow outside and he didn't even see it coming. Did the weather fairy come by and just make it appear? Yes. Possibly. Seems likely at this point if you're weighing all your options. Hadley, you know, the, 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 the weatherman, uh, may just be the worst weatherman in the world, according to Mr. Martino. Jeez. The only reason why Martino keeps him on, in fact, is because he's married to his sister, and even she thinks he should let Hadley go. 
a tough break for him. But, I mean, you know, he's, he hasn't exactly impressed us yet. While watching this scene, I wrote down like I would, that I didn't understand why the scene was necessary. It's like, what is this Weatherman's bigger picture in this film? What makes him Oscar worthy? These are the questions I asked myself. <laughs> Did you get your answers, do you think? Towards the end, I, like, I guess. I, just, I still didn't think it was that necessary of a scene. Yeah, spoiler alert, uh, Mr. Hadley here, quite the underwhelming character. <laughs> also, just funny how they try to give him a paper update about the weather. Yeah, right. Nowadays, like, it'd just be, he'd, he'd get an update in his earpiece. I mean, it's not like there's not a teleprompter in front of him, right? Like, they, they definitely could have put it on there and at least tricked him into reading it. Yeah. <laughs> Martino gives him one more chance to dig up some real news about this storm. Like, are the Backstreet Boys canceling their concert in the park? Something akin to that, huh? Yeah. He's on the... Those are like the, the, the little softball uh, news pieces that I guess these people love for live for, Kelly. Apparently. He's on the case, and he tries to explain the storm away with the nightly weather report, clearly boring everyone who's watching, and, uh, everyone who's watching into switching channels, which is just what Allie does to find out if her school is canceled. Which, of course, is the hard-hitting news here. So her her school and her brother's school are cancelled, and the two of them scream with joy. Allie runs outside to hug Sam, and she's out there in short sleeves, very unprepared for the weather. Uh, then we get a fun montage uh, of a bunch of kids using pool toys as snow sleds, a uh, convertible driving by, which uh, the same one from, from earlier filled with people, but now it's overflowing with snow. Uh, there's a ton of shoveling, snow angels, and just really a lot of fun all around. So everyone just had winter attire in Los Angeles? I guess so. Like, here's my, my perspective on this, Kelly. Like, this is why cold weather is infinitely better than warm weather, because you can always put on more Incorrect. layers. But when it's too hot, you can't take off all the layers. I disagree with the it's better. But no, like, they had, like, winter coats. Yeah, that's definitely a... Well, maybe they all go wintering up in Northern California. Who's to say? But um, these kids get their first, like, snow day. Us Floridians have, like, hurricane days. Yeah, equally as fun. Uh, equally as dangerous. <laughs> I've still never seen snow, so the, the idea of a snow day is really exciting to me. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. It yeah. is actually pretty cool. Yeah. A boy can when it's dream. not negative eight degrees. If you're wearing the appropriate attire and it's not that cold out, like it's not in the negatives, then it's okay. I've been in negative eight. It's not okay then. Ooh, that sounds scary, but fun at the same time. <laughs> All right, so Sparky and Crumpet pull up to Mr. Claus's joint, pulling along their SUV, which is still out of gas. They didn't stop for any. Uh, they're clearly on a mission. No time to stop. Well, they, they pitch the SUV to Santa, actually, but now is not the time to talk business, Kelly. They have to find the machine before this gets any worse. Yeah, or else. <laughs> yeah, or else. While searching for the device, Santa discovers a shoe print, which confirms that the worst-case scenario is true. Convenient. The shoe print was the only thing not in the snow. Right? And what a well-preserved shoe print at that. <laughs> right? Like, it wasn't even mud or anything. It was just in dirt. It's hard to believe that the shoe print stayed that well. Yeah. The machine was stolen, Kelly, and th this, this really couldn't be any worse. Dad calls the house to let us know that the snowstorm means he can't fly home from his dog bone selling business trip. 
We get a funny transition where Dad asks what Allie's shoe size is for the rollerblades she wants for Christmas, and then we cut to Santa knowing what shoe size she is by looking at the shoe footprint. Also, I find it odd that the snowstorm reached their dad before the location the snowstorm is currently, because that's what they said, that it had been there for a little while and it got him stuck. Yeah. It didn't make sense. Different time zone. No. <laughs> These are the jokes, folks. Oh, I thought you were confused. I thought you forgot where he was. No. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so Santa's able triang- to triangulate where the kids could be because he knows exactly how many of those shoes he delivered and where they are. They can cut their list in half by foregoing the nice list because clearly they're dealing with a naughty. <laughs> Clearly. We then get probably the coolest and funniest rollout scene in a decom yet as Santa, Crumpet, and Sparkle slow-mo walk through the snow in their stealth Santa and elf suits and sunglasses with some heist music in the background. Okay, that was pretty cool. Now, I, I did touch on some music here, um, but something that I think I noticed, and I, I couldn't bear to go back and verify it, but it felt like they kept replaying the same little uh, probably uh, uh, royalty-free music clip over and over again in this movie. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, like, you know, that whimsical decom music that just... And, and they just overused it. Yeah. So, not, not my favorite uh, decom as far as music goes, Kelly, that's for sure. No. So, we see Santa, Sparkle, and Crumpet... Uh, stalking some of the neighborhood naughty list regulars who are causing all sorts of mayhem all around the city, catching them all in the act suspiciously. So all the size 7 girls on the naughty list just happen to be currently doing something bad? Yeah, and of course if you're on the naughty list, you're constantly doing bad things. That's that's the thing here, Kelly. Yeah, you're not, and you're not in prison. And let me tell you, that kid that like dropped the snow on the couple walking by, that's, that's like next level naughty. You know, like I... <laughs> the other girl was like licking all of the candies in the chocolate box so that, that's that's you know that's one thing but like ruining someone else's day that's that's next level like i said yeah sam and Allie are together again trying to decide what to wear to blake's party samantha's mom comes to pick her up even though they live across the street i thought i mean they're she's always outside when Allie goes outside so i don't know why she had to be picked up in the car the snow is just so dangerous, you know? Yeah, right. Or they forgot. Oh, yeah. Uh, while Samantha's mom is there still, uh, Dad calls to let the family know that he's stuck in San Francisco because all of the flights are canceled. But since Allie controls the weather, she can ensure that he'll be home in time for Christmas. It's already concerning that it's snowing. I think it will be also even more concerning if it snowed one day and then went back to the warm temperatures the next day. Yeah, right? Like, what an anomaly that would be. They'd talk. They'd yeah. write about that in the history books, Kelly. They sure would. Maybe they'd talk about the great uh, climate uh, change of, of 2002 uh, like they talk about the big one. Yeah. Those Californians and their natural weather disasters. Oh, no. I guess we can't count earthquakes as weather. Eh, anyway. She's why they have forest fires. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Allie and Sam go to turn off the weather machine and hopefully the snow calms down a bit. Allie wonders if Sam even knows how awful it would be if Dad wasn't home in time for Christmas. 
And this, of course, is how we find out that Sam's dad actually passed away a long time ago. And they talk about it, and it's sad. And there's even sad music. And Sam cries. And a really good acting here, Brenda Song. You're going places. I'm sure Disney Channel is going to keep you on for a long time, huh? Of course. Maybe one day she'll get her own really great Disney Channel original movie. Who's to say? Also, like, wow, everyone can't come together for Christmas because this dumb 13-year-old didn't think of the consequences of her actions. Right? Yeah, it's almost like your actions have consequences, Kelly. Wow. What, what a, a concept. concept. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. Who would have thought? Um, not us. Not us. So uh, just before Sam leaves, they see the snow has finally stopped. The kids have set up a California Christmas tree, which is a cactus wrapped in lights and hung with ornaments. And this, to me, seems like a really dangerous take on, on, on the whole Christmas tree thing. And my clumsy self would definitely prick myself a few times. So that wouldn't be a good solution for me. Yeah, that and again, I mean, I guess some families might get the Christmas tree last minute. That just seems like poor time management to me. Yeah, a lot of these Christmas movies really are like are really playing it close to the vest here. You know, like you're 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 running out of time to set up this Christmas tree and to get presents. But you know, I I stand a good alternative Christmas tree, Kelly. Like I love seeing like people, uh, put you know in this case on a cactus. I I've seen people do it with all all sorts of fun things. So I really like that stuff. Oh yeah, by all means, go ahead, do whatever makes you happy. It just I'm judging you for waiting till like Christmas Eve to do something yeah definitely if if well for like a christmas themed movie at least yeah um so ally mom and little bro whose name still i do not know sit down by the fire and roast some marshmallows sharing a nice christmas moment and mom reassures them that dad will be home soon because the storm is over they all go to sleep and while they aren't paying attention the machine turns back on Allie wakes up to a full-on blizzard going on. Samantha comes by to see what's going on. Allie can't get the machine to turn off. Oh, and now we have to worry about Sam's mom because she has to drive on the frozen roads to the hospital. Things are getting worse and worse by the second here, Kelly. Yeah, and uh, Brenda's song was like, let's smash it with the hammer. I'm like, yes, that would have been my first idea too. (laughs) Yeah, right? But, you know, there is the slight off chance that that could either perpetuate the snowstorm or make things even worse. Talking like a like a Sharknado situation. Mm, that would be terrifying. Yeah, I mean, and, and if things couldn't get any worse without them destroying the, the machine, I mean, what's next? Some crazy guy is going to come after them and track them down and find the machine? <laughs> well, at the news station, Edwin, uh, you know, again, the weatherman, who now I know his first name, uh, is working away at the scientific anomaly, trying to get to the bottom of where it originated. He narrows it down all the way, literally, to Allie's address. And this is bonkers to me. How does he, how does he have the technology for this? Yes, for someone who's supposed to be like the worst weatherman, how does he figure this out? Right? I mean, he's definitely a, a, a solid nerd, but I, I find that hard to believe. He has this sort of tech. The kids come in from shoveling the driveway to find out that none of the family will be coming for Christmas tomorrow. And Dad can't even rent a car because all of the roads are closed. Emotions run high, and Allie begins to see the error of her ways. Whoops. 
I think she should have seen the errors of her ways when all the, the birds started dying because it was too cold and they hadn't migrated south for winter. Yeah. But that's just me. Mm-hmm. So Edwin is trying to get to Allie's house, but the roads are all at standstills because nobody can drive in the snow. It's like Floridians at the first sign of rain. Driving in the snow is no joke. It is terrifying. <laughs> no, I don't doubt that. Um, homeboy full-on jacks this dude's snowspeeder or snowmobile or whatever it's called, and he drives off. Yeah, because that's a normal thing to own in Los Angeles. Yeah, right? I mean, if only he had some sort of, like, flying car, maybe with some, like, invisibility uh, function, you could get him to Allie's house all stealthy-like, and he'd avoid all the traffic. Yeah. Okay, so now we're at Allie's house, because that was a quick transition. Uh, Blake canceled the party, and this machine is single-handedly ruining their lives. They run up to go mess with the machine and see Joey, the little brother, whose name I now know, uh, trying to get it out of the windowsill because he thinks that's his present out there. Mm. He knew he'd find it. Sam wants to go bring the machine to the man in the woods, who, again, we now know is Santa, but they don't yet. Um, Allie doesn't think they'd be able to find the place even if they tried. They can't smash the thing with a hammer, again, because it could make things worse. So the pair of them have an argument. Uh, which definitely, we can see, throws a divide in their friendship, but a rather short-lived one, because the when the electricity goes out a second later, they have a brief dark talk and they reconcile. So the conflict is is never long-lived in these, is these DCOMs, Kelly. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sam thinks that they should put the thing in a lead box because it worked for Superman, so maybe it will stop this mess. And good on Disney for trying to make the, the ties with both Marvel and and DC. Hmm. Sam and Allie try to sneak out of the house, and of course Joey rats them out. But they make a good enough excuse for Mom to let them out anyway, uh, to go get the emergency flashlight, because, like I said, the power went out. The girls are out of the house, which means that Joey can now go and get the weather machine, which he thinks is his Christmas present. So the girls head out to the shed in the backyard. So it's pitch black when they get in there, and after a crash reveals a litany of screams, the girls realize they're not alone. When the lights come on, the girls find themselves in the presence of three older men. Oh, no. A perilous situation for them to be in in any other context than a decom. Uh. The man in red, Santa, reveals that he knows Allie's name and says that she's number 263 on his Los Angeles naughty girls list. Ouch. Oof. Santa gives them all the information the girls need to actually believe that he's Santa. Even giving personal... Yeah, really creepy. And he gives, like, personal, like, he gets really personal with it and reveals Allie's deep-rooted family issues that Yeah, he's exposing never their secrets. At. They're not, yeah. that's not cool, man. No, in front of each other. He's outing them in front of each other. That's nuts. Totally nuts. Uh, also, again, the constant running gag of Crumpet and Sparky being the tallest dudes in the room gets funnier every single time, and they mention it here. Edwin Hadley has arrived at the house at long last, and he gets Mom to let him in. Mom is incredibly trusting here. Yeah. He begins snooping immediately, and Mom is a bit slow to stop him. He makes something up about winning the special afternoon with Edwin contest, which I don't think anybody would enter if it existed. No, and also, I wouldn't recognize any news anchor or weatherman unless they're Al Roker or Hoda. Like, this weatherman's so weird, I would not let him in. Never. The only newscaster I'm familiar with is Purd Hapley, and oh, even yes. barely at that. 
<laughs> he begins uh, asking mom all sorts of questions, really making a mess of the place while he's at it. He sends mom off with a list of things to get to keep her busy so he can snoop around some more, alone. Santa and the girls are chatting about the weather machine. You see, it's very important. Santa invented it because he wanted to give people the ultimate Christmas present. A gentle white snowfall. Something so simple and so pure that we would all just stop rushing around and take a few moments to be reminded of the magic of the season. Sure. Pretty eloquently said by Santa. I don't know, Kelly. It was eloquent. <laughs> I mean, his heart's in the right place, I guess. I guess. Allie finally apologizes because I guess this was enough to get through to her. But there's no time for that. We've got to stop the storm. That's when we find Edwin entering Allie's room, where Joey is freaking out, holding the machine, letting loose a blizzard inside Allie's room. Edwin takes the machine, and now the evil man has the means to be the greatest weatherman in the world because he controls the weather. As far as evil plots go, Kelly, being the greatest weatherman in the world, uh, not the worst. No. I I've seen some, uh, more, uh worrisome characters in some other decom christmas movies if you ask me so uh, yeah <laughs> edwin ranks lower in the villain in the decom christmas villain uh tier list yeah i just didn't understand his motivation like why he wanted to be the best weatherman so bad because he didn't seem to really like his his job that much anyway no he really didn't i mean just do the research thing bud get off tv yeah if it's not what you want then don't do it Exactly, exactly. Life's too short to do things you don't want to do, Kelly. Exactly. So, to get Santa into the house, Allie and the elves play some ding-dong ditch to distract Mom and sneak in behind her. As they ascend the stairs, they intercept Edwin, who makes a run for it because this is his big break. He jumps out the window and, I mean, well, speaking of his big break, Kelly, I mean, he nearly breaks his back when he hits the awning after jumping out the window. <laughs> I mean, that's that looked like it hurt. Yeah. Oh, he hops on the snowmobile and he drives away before our heroes can catch him. Uh, they take a shortcut, but Allie doesn't even know where he's going, so I don't know where they're taking a shortcut to, Kelly. <laughs> like, they, he just drove off into the distance. He's like, I know a shortcut. I don't know where that came from. No, nowhere. That's where. Uh, they pulled it out of thin air, I guess. I mean, it was a lucky one because they eventually catch up with him. Uh, but while Edwin is driving down the street, he crashes into a candy factory and winds up submerged in a vat of chocolate. And not only would that chocolate be ruined, but also for it to be that liquidy, don't you think it would have to be rather hot when he got in there? Yeah, but it's a kid's movie. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, pretty idealistic chocolate factory, huh? <laughs> Ali, Santa, and the gang follow his chocolate footprints through the candy factory. Uh, where some of the set decorations I think I noticed are literally just white paper taped to room dividers. So they ran out of budget. Yeah, and Edwin has a large candy cane as, as a weapon, and I'm just so scared. Nice, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, I've seen some elves do some pretty uh, crazy things in some Christmas movies with those, those, those candy canes. I think they're like used as weapons in, in Disney's uh, prep and landing show. Which I don't think is a Disney Channel original because I think it was on ABC or ABC I don't Family. Remember. I don't know. I'm getting too deep in the weeds here. So Sparky rests his hand on a box and chocolate rains down on him. They all look up and find Edwin up above on a catwalk clutching the machine. 
When Sparky goes after him, he uses the candy cane you mentioned to zip line across the factory. He loses his grip on the machine, and Allie catches it like a late-game interception. And Edwin lands in a crate of cotton candy, and he comes out looking like an oversized cotton ball. Mm-hmm. Quite, this quite the scene here, Kelly. Some antics finally ensuing here. Finally. Santa takes the machine back to his cabin and gets working on it. With a bit of ABC gum already been chewed if you didn't know uh he puts it back together oh but it isn't working i did not know you didn't get my my little abbreviation there it took me a second i can't remember where that came from i I, made me laugh when i was a kid when i heard that i'm not a gum chewer so i did i didn't know me neither me neither i'm just trying to remember like what it was from an animated kids show i just can't remember where i learned that from anyway um but no matter what santa does even with the abc gum it's still not working Did he check the batteries? He was out of his own when he put them in, so he had to use generic. They must be dead, because his batteries last a hundred years. Batteries reloaded, the machine whirs to a start once again, and here comes the sun. The blizzard is over, and an end to this eternal winter is near, Kelly. Finally. (laughs) Santa's off to bring Christmas to the world, but before he goes, he tells Allie that her spot on the naughty list isn't a permanent thing. And if she learns something from today, she may just find her way off of it. He has high hopes for her, and that sounds pretty good to me. Again, with like the whole, you did a good deed. Maybe if you learn from it, you could uh, be on the good list. I I think you know you gotta believe inherent in in some inherent good in people, I suppose. And I guess that's what Santa um, kind of uh, manifests or represents, really. You know you, you. there's a redemptive arc here, I suppose. But he tells her not to waste all of her energy and brain power to skip homework and take things that don't belong to her. Imagine if Santa did that. That would be very bad. We, we did see a Santa do that, and that was very bad. Yes, that was a very bad Santa. Um, as for Edwin the weatherman, Santa couldn't be more ashamed. He was so bright and, inquisi- and inquisitive as a kid. But what happened? It's not fair, exclaims Edwin. All he wanted was to be a meteorologist. He was never normal. He only ever saw the science. Santa thinks he know he needs a new challenge. In a place where weather is exciting and where people care about the weather like he does. Santa's going to help him find that. If he, star- if he starts being good, obviously, and he doesn't tell anybody about uh, what he saw here. And now they have a deal. Christmas is finally upon us, and once again before Santa finally goes... Allie has a favorite ask, but we don't get to hear it quite yet. It's Christmas morning, and Allie makes her way downstairs and takes a look at her Christmas cactus, which again, I love. Mm -hmm. Mom comes and apologizes for the yucky Christmas and says that there's no rollerblades under the tree because she couldn't go to the store. The kids really don't care, though, and they said they don't even want to open up gifts until Dad gets home, no matter how long that is. So again, finally some redemption for these kids, Kelly. Mm Mm-hmm. Just then, a new card appears on the cactus, and it tells Allie, your gift should arrive right about now. And just then, we see a car pull up, and Dad pops out. He's home for Christmas, and the drivers, of course, are Sparky and Crumpet. Of course. Dad gives Mom a new snowflake charm for her bracelet, rather fitting for the the last couple of days they've had. Dad missed them all so much, and being here with everyone together really is the ultimate Christmas present. They said the name of the movie, Kelly. Insert title movie here. Yes. Oh, and by the way, uh, Edwin's perfect work environment that we were 
promised earlier, uh, as it turns out, is the Antarctica Weather Station, where he manages the Edwin Hadley Meteorological Institute, and he teaches some nerds who are even more nerdy than he. It truly is a Merry Christmas. <laughs> and Kelly, the movie is finally over. What'd you think? Wow. That was something. Sure was. Uh, I thought this movie was uh, way better than Twas the Night, but I still think Full Court Miracle is superior out of the three. I would agree. It just had more mini behind it. Yeah. And also, like, what's what's with these two Christmas, movie, Christmas movies having the main character on the naughty list and, like, we have to, like, go through their redemption arc? Is, I mean, it's a good thing that we get a redemption arc. It's just, like, Disney really loves a good coming-of-age story to teach kids how to be better, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, when you think about kids in in, in, in the Christmas season I, season, I mean, there's nothing more crushing than finding out you're on the naughty list. So I guess that's the main sort of conflict in a lot of kids' uh, Christmas movies. Yeah. I don't know. Like, at least this one was like a lot less childish than the last one, too. Mm-hmm. So that was a big plus for me. And also, Brenda's song in any movie is a big plus for me because I'm a fan. Yeah, I love seeing Brenda's song. Um, and I didn't know this was her first outing, so I really... I, she did a great job. First Disney Channel. Right, right. She did a great job. Uh, I actually liked her in this movie more than I liked Allie. Um, oh, oh, me too, definitely. Because Brenda's song wasn't really on the naughty list, I don't think, was she? No, she wasn't. Just she naughty adjacent. Wasn't. No, she. Uh, Santa was saying all the good things that she does. Like I think it oh, was yeah. like top of her class and all that kind of stuff, doing all the clubs and everything. Oh, yes. Yeah, She's hanging out with yeah. the riffraff. President of Spanish Club. Yeah. Oh, I know someone who was president of the Spanish club. Oh, hey, that was me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, so like I, I, I really enjoyed Brenda's song in this. Um, I think the elves were the comedic relief and much needed comedic relief because nothing else was that funny. A um, couple of sight gags, some physical humor with, with uh, at, near the end with uh, Edwin crashing into all the stuff in the candy factory. Um you know, not my favorite Christmas movie. I actually have to, I agree that um, Full Court Miracle is the superior one to the ones that we've reviewed, uh, but I actually liked uh, Twas the Night more than I liked this one. I don't know why. I, I think Brian Cranston really helped with that, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just, something about Twas the Night I enjoyed more than this one. I mean, that had a better villain than this one of course edwin was just kind of just like eh, there but i just basically ignored edwin brian cranston i couldn't ignore his thieving no you definitely couldn't um and again just because a character is like bad doesn't mean like that that like good movies have bad characters or bad people in in them so like you know that's fine for twas a night but we're not talking about that we're talking about uh, the ultimate Christmas present. And honestly, they could have completely written out Edwin as a character. I thought he was wholly unnecessary in this movie. Oh, yeah. And it would have been fine. But yeah, I, he was a big detriment. Yeah, this movie just like annoyed me less than the last movie we watched. I can see why that would be. Yeah. Because it was just too childish, the last one. And this one was just like, okay. Yeah. I mean, that, I think that's my word for this one. It was okay. Yeah, just okay. Got any other thoughts about it? If you want to watch a really good Christmas movie, you can watch Last Christmas that came out last year with Amelia Clark and Henry Golding. It's on HBO Max. But I have to plug something Disney related. So Hulu, which is owned by Disney, has a new 
Christmas movie called Happiest Season with Kristen Stewart, and it is amazing. So watch that on Hulu. I finally watched Last Christmas, Kelly. I know you recommended it out the wazoo last year, and I never watched it. But now that it's on HBO Max, I, I finally got around to it, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now I have to watch Happiest Season. Yes, yes. I, I have one more rec. Just go, you know, go watch the Santa Clauses again. You can't go wrong. <laughs> All right, Kelly, why don't you take us out? Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review so we can improve. And follow us on social media. You won't regret it. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at DecomCentralPod. So feel free to follow us there. And wear a mask. Yeah, definitely wear a mask. Uh, Kelly, uh, this is the last episode before Christmas, is it not? Yes, it is. All right, so to all of our listeners out there, a Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night.